0: Welcome to Biology for Bastards, teaching biology in the most profane way you've ever seen or heard. I'm your host, John Doty. Thanks for listening. This season, we are going through an entire course all the fuck about evolution. Every fucking thing is evolution. And we are on the chapter two, the tree of motherfucking life. That's what I called it back in season one. That's what I'm calling it now, the tree of motherfucking life. So... Let's just dive right in, shall we? Now, there is a single tree of life that is connecting every single fucking species on the fucking planet. Everything. Every from every bacterium, every archaea, every plant, every fungus, every tree, every protist, every fucking thing is connected in a single tree of life. Everything. In fact, like a third of the functional genes in yeast have matches in humans. And of that, you could take the human genes and stick in the yeast. Like half of them would keep the yeast alive. It's fucking nuts. Okay, so there's a single point in time where everything was the same. Okay, we call that... Luca, the last universal common ancestor. And since then, the tree has diverged and become different things, but everything is connected. Now, last episode we talked about Linnaeus and how he came up with binomial nomenclature. Um, this is what we use to classify shit. And we had, you know, species, genus, family, order, class, phylum, kingdom, domain, all the w- and then life at the very fucking top. Um... So, when it comes to naming shit, there's a couple rules. One, the valid name of the taxon, taxon is just a group, one of these levels, like an order is a taxon, family is a taxon, genus is a taxon, etc., etc. When you name one of these taxa, taxa is the plural, the valid name is the oldest name that's been applied to it. So if somebody back in the fucking day named something absolutely ridiculous... But there's record of it. That's what its name is. That's just how the rules fucking work. Okay, so the valid name of the taxon is the old applied to it. Um, And when you're identifying species, you have what's known as a holotype. And what that is, that is kind of the fucking, like, exact organism that is that species. So it's a single specimen Um, that's like the name-bearer, quote-unquote name-bearer, of that species. It is what every other organism of that species is compared to. Now, sometimes there are differences uh, among species. There's variations. And when you have those, we call those paratypes. So the holotype is the original species that everything's based off of. But the paratypes are just variations of that species, showing all the variations that are possible within that one species. And holotypes and paratypes are just locked away in some museum somewhere, like fucking creepy little museum of dead things, classifying organisms. Um, yeah. Now when you're writing this shit out, the names of the genera and the name of the species are always going to be italicized. And remember, genera is just the plural of a genus. Okay, so genera, species, or genus, species, always italicized. Anything above that, so family, order, class, phylum, kingdom, domain, those are not italicized, but you do capitalize them when you write them. All right? That's just some basic rules when you come to writing out the different taxa. Now, the next part is going to be a little tricky as I try to explain something that's very visual. So what we are talking about are phylogenetic trees. And what a phylogenetic tree is, it's this branching pattern of lines that shows how things are connected. And when you have these phylogenetic trees, you can have a couple different things. You can have a monophyletic taxon, you can have a paraphyletic taxon, or a polyphyletic taxon. And the big difference between the monophyletic, the paraphyletic, and the polyphyletic is whether or not it includes all the descendants of a particular ancestor. So if it includes all the descendants of a particular ancestor, that is monophyletic. If it includes some, but not all of them, that's where it's paraphyletic. So it's kind of phyletic, but not all the way. And then polyphyletic is when you include species that are not from that common ancestor. So on the slides available at the website, biologyforbastard.com, or this entire with the slides paired with it um, is available on YouTube. Um, You can see a phylogenetic tree on this slide, slide six, and see what we're talking about with the monophyletic, which would be this one that you can't see if you're just listening to it, Paraphyletic would be if we included this one here. And then polyphyletic is if we like include this one and then this one down there. Okay. So if you didn't get that based on the visual, um, no fucking, you know, surprise there. But check out the website, check out the YouTube, subscribe, all that stuff. A little plug in the middle of the show. Um, Now, When it comes to the evolution of the higher taxa So whenever you say higher taxa You're typically talking about anything above the genus level So family class order No, family class order Phylum, I know it the other way Domain kingdom, phylum class, order, family Those are your higher taxa There's two big processes um, in the evolution of those You have um, anagenesis which is when you have a change in the features within a single lineage. So that's as one thing kind of evolves into something new. And you have cladogenesis, which is the branching of a lineage into two or more descendants. So anagenesis is where one thing branches or just transforms, doesn't branch, transforms into a new thing. Cladogenesis or cladogenesis um, is when it actually branches. And then the study of phylogeny is studying the history of events in which species or other taxa or whatever bullshit you want to talk about uh, have arisen from common ancestors. That's the idea of phylogening. Okay. Now, when we look at a phylogenetic tree, okay, they can be drawn in two ways. One is with like kind of triangular-looking things, and another one is more rectangular. But when you have these phylogenetic trees... There's a couple of important things that pop up when you're looking at them. Okay, each lineage um, is going to be a branch in the tree. So, again, on the slides, we've got like A, B, and C drawn out. So, those are different lineages if you follow the path down each line. And at each split in the branching, each split that is called a node or a branch point, and it's just where one species separates into two. Or one taxa, one taxon separates into two taxa. Really, because we could be looking at species, we could be looking at genera, whatever. Nice. Okay, so, um, when we have clades, that's the terminology for the taxa within phylogenetics. So instead of domain, kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, species, all that shit, um, you just use clade, and everything is its own clade. It's a clade, it's a clade, it's a clade, it's a clade. You have big clades, you have small clades, you've got everything in between. So, um, when you have two clades that come from the same common ancestor, so in the examples um, on the slides, it's A and B, for example, those are sister groups because they are the closest um, ancestors to each other because they share that common ancestor. And then we have a root lineage kind of branching off at the very bottom is the lineage that all the species in the phylogeny are related to. So that's the very bottom of a phylogenetic tree. Okay, and it leads to what's known as the MRCA or the murka I don't even know if it's pronounced Merca, but I know Luca is pronounced Luca, so I'm just assuming Merca is pronounced murka It's MRCA for the most recent common ancestor. And again, Luca just for review, was the last universal common ancestor. So, yeah, Merka. When you're looking at phylogenetic trees, um, what we are looking at is the closeness of relationships, so how things are related. We're not looking at similarities. So they could be totally different looking. Like you'd have like a fucking bird and a fucking alligator side by side. And you could have, like, turtles off on, you know, further down the line. And just because we're talking about their relationship, it has absolutely nothing to do with how similar they look. Um, and another really important idea is that the relationships that we're talking about, they're defined by the order of the branching, not necessarily by the order of the tips of the trees. So it doesn't really matter, like, if you put a next to c or b next to c or anything like what's important is how the branches break off from each other that's a super super important thing when it comes to looking at phylogenetic trees okay cool moving the fuck on now when we start interpreting phylogenetic trees there's a couple things that we can do okay so if two things are very closely related we can expect to have homologous features Okay, So a homologous feature is just any kind of morphological or phenotypic feature, um, DNA sequences. So we're talking about different characters. So a character is just a trait of an organism that's going to come up a bunch this season that a character, we're talking about characters here, it's just a trait. And then a character state is a variation of that character. So it would be like the character is a color and character state would be blue or red or whatever the fuck. Um, it also works for DNA sequences where each character is the position of a sh- on a strand. And each character state would be A, G, C, or T, whatever the fuck, um, whatever nucleotide is in that position. Right? Now, going back to looking At a phylogenetic tree So this might be a little tough to explain again verbally Okay Um, But what we have Are in groups and out groups So the in group is the one that we really care about If we're looking at studying one organism If we really study I don't even have a fucking example Tomatoes I don't know why I just fucking picked tomatoes Okay But tomatoes If we're studying tomatoes That's the in group The outgroup, then, would be the most distantly related um, species to whatever species we're looking at, um, all the other species. I should have just used these fucking dinosaurs, which is on the slides, and just whatever. But outgroup is the taxon that is most distantly related to our species of interest, and our species of interest is the in-group. Okay? Cool beans. Cool fucking shit. Moving on. Um, There are variations of a phylogenetic tree, so we can look at it at phylogeny. We can look at it it as a gene tree, so we're looking at the uh, branching tree that um, shows DNA sequences. We can use it as a species tree. uh, All this fucking shit. But when we're looking at how things have changed over time, Um, especially how genomes have changed over time, is this idea of gene duplication, where you have a duplication in genes, that's just a mutation, and then those two genes, even though they're the same, they'll go different evolutionary changes. And then because of that, we can see differences that have come about over time because at one point they were exactly the same, because they're almost exactly the same now, but there's minor differences that have popped up over evolutionary history, and we can use those to distinguish each other. Now, when we're looking at um, these genes, we can have orthologous, 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 I don't, it's a weird-ass word, orthologous genes, or paralogous, 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 I don't know how to fucking pronounce some of these words, but I'm just going with it. Orthologous and paralogous. Um, So, the orthologous genes are just when you have loci in different species that have come from the same locus in their most recent common ancestor. And remember, locus is just a spot on a chromosome. It's the address for a gene. um, And loci is just the plural of that. So just saying that there are different... Um, spots on chromosomes in different species that came from the same locus in their recent ancestors. So those are like the same. And then the paralogous genes are when you have loci in the same or different species that came from different duplicate genes in that ancestral species. So orthologous is when they're pretty much the same. Paralogous, they're a little bit different. Cool beans. Alright. Time for the first formula of this season. Um, There's going to be a shit ton of them. In some upcoming episodes, I'll do my best to try to explain them. But that's where looking at the slides at the website or following along on YouTube is going to be really helpful. But it's this idea of a molecular clock. And it's kind of that idea of you have duplicate genes and they replicate to get two of them. And then you get um, the differences that pile up over time. So... The equation to figure out how long two species have been separate species um, is t equals d over two r. T equals d over t r two r. Shit, fuck. T equals D over two R. So T is the time since the split. That's what we're trying to fucking calculate. And then D is the expected differences in DNA. And two is the number fucking two. And R is the rate at which the genes evolve. So it's really based on how quickly the genes evolve, how many differences we expect to see, and the 2 is there because the genes evolve alongside each other down two different lineages. So T equals D over 2R. And you can plug shit in and figure stuff out. And it is important to note that there is no like universal molecular clock. Each gene mutates at a different rate but the rate at which it mutates is fairly consistent throughout species so that's how we can use molecular clocks now when we're looking at different um, features we can look at how most features have come from pre-existing features okay so what we can use the vocab that we've learned today just say a character Remember, that's a trait Uh, may be homologous among species, but a given character state may not be. And that's the variation. So we're saying a trait could be the same among species, but the variations of that trait may not be the same. Which kind of makes sense. When you break it down like that and don't use the fancy-ass biology language of a character may be homologous among species, but a given character state may not be, and you just say, you know, a trait might be the same among species, but the variations of that trait may not be, makes fucking sense it's just easy that way okay um and then how these characters are going to evolve they can differ we have mosaic evolution um which is just say we have different characters evolving at different rates so it might evolve at one rate over here and this character might evolve at a different rate over there um so like coloration might evolve at one speed and size might evolve at a different speed. That's what we're talking about here um, as far as different characters evolving with different rates. And then we can have conservative characters which are just when you have a character that stays the same with very little or even no change over long periods of time. That's why they're conserve or conservative. That one's pretty straightforward. Me. Now, there's a couple of patterns that we need to point out that is um, super, super important as we're getting here towards the end. Evolution here is a very gradual process. Okay, it's not this rapid, quickly changing things. We're working on the population level of things. But homoplasy is common. And what that is, it's the independent evolution of a character or character state in different taxa. So this is just where you have different lineages evolving the same character. So things like convergent evolution um, or parallelism, evolutionary reversal, which are all things that I should probably point out. Um, But convergent evolution, you should know. That's where you have convergence, where you have distantly related things kind of evolving into the same thing. So that's how like aardvarks and anteaters and pangolins and armadillos, all kind of have the same general structure to them. That's convergent evolution. Parallelism, or parallel evolution, um, is just when you have the independent evolution of a character state that is thought to have similar genetic and developmental bases. So it's a little more closely related than convergent evolution is. And then evolutionary reversal is a return from a derived character state to a more ancestral state. It's just kind of what it sounds like. It's going... Kind of backwards, going in reverse. But it's all about... You get these different characters evolving in different taxa... Independently from one another. Cool. Um, and then that kind of... That idea of evolutionary reversal... Where you have this derived character going back to an ancestral state... That's very rare. And it's actually... Um, Dolo's law states that complex characters, once they are lost are un- are unlikely to be regained. So if you think about all the like the blind cavefish fish out there that have lost their eyes, it's very rare or very unlikely that they are going to evolve eyeballs again because it's so complicated to evolve such a complex character like that that once it's lost, it's pretty much lost forever. In that lineage, of course. Okay. And then, kind of finishing stuff up, we have phylogenies um, describe patterns of diversification. That's the whole idea, is things are getting more diverse. Um, and that radiation, evolutionary radiation, not like gamma ray fucking bullshit, evolutionary radiation is probably the most common pattern of long term evolution. Uh, And this is where you get adaptive radiation Which we talked about last season Um, But just as a refresher It's just when you have lineages That become modified for different ways of life Where you have one lineage And it diverges and becomes multiple lineages um, Based on niches that are available And ways of life that are available And different shit you can do that way And that brings us to the end of chapter 2 so I hope you enjoyed that. It was our first kind of dive into some of these evolutionary biology topics. Um, so just kind of wrapping stuff up, please give us a subscription on YouTube. Um, it's something new I'm doing this season where I actually kind of lecture along with the slides and post them instead of just having the slides posted totally on the website. And you kind of have to follow along on your own. This You can kind of watch and follow along with the audio synced to the slides. Um, Subscribe there We're at bio for bastards Um, Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram All that shit We're at bio for bastards On those as well Um, Please give us a rating and a review On Apple Podcasts Say you like the show Give us, you know Five stars if you think I deserve it Four stars if you think I don't deserve five But I deserve five So just fucking give me five that's all I'm asking. I'm giving you this for free. The least you could do is give me a five-star review. <laughs> Please and thank you. It helps the show out, helps other people discover the show, so I can keep doing this and keep sharing my filthy mouth and love of biology. Um, our intro, and outro music. is a song, Feeling Good, by Purple Planet Music. And I've been your host, John Doty. And until next time, thank you so much for listening.